Welcome to the Seven Hills Church Podcast with Marcus Mika. We're excited you're here listening as Pastor Marcus is about to bring an incredible teaching that is sure to inspire, motivate, and lift you up. You can visit us on our website at sevenhillschurch.tv or download our free Seven Hills Church app to watch or listen to more exclusive content. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed the message. mention a couple things real quick um, because there's things that follow a fast. I believe one of the things that follow, follows fasting is breakthroughs. You see this with Moses. You see it with Jesus. You see it with Daniel. You see it with the boy in the scripture that was demon possessed. Daniel had prayed. God answered the prayer. But most of us know that did the Daniel fast know that the prince of Persia resisted God's answer to that prayer, and Daniel fasted, and the Bible says as a result of fasting, the prayer that God answered answer didn't just stay um, in between the hand of God and being realized on the planet. It actually made it. It made it, and it materialized on the planet, and fasting was a key to that breakthrough. The boy that was demon-possessed. We know that the disciples tried to cast the demon out of him. And they were unsuccessful. And Jesus showed up and cast the demon out. And the disciples were confused. And he said, this kind comes out through prayer and fasting. So fasting brings breakthroughs. Fasting can bring deliverance from destructive patterns that have been established in your life. That boy was throwing himself in the fire and once God delivered him, he was delivered from that destructive pattern. Jesus, we know that after he was water baptized, he went into the wilderness, which we're going to talk about, uh, for 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted. And after that, we all the things that we read about primarily in the scriptures concerning Jesus came after Um, that 40 days of prayer and fasting. And then Moses wanted to hear from God. He went on Mount Sinai, and the Bible says he was fasting when God gave him the Ten Commandments. So following fast, maybe not always during the fast, but many times following a fast, there are breakthroughs that you should anticipate. Now, a lot of people think, well, what this means is when I fast, that I get some merit or I get some brownie point type of thing and that God will do things because I fasted that if I didn't fast, he maybe wouldn't have done. And I think it's important that you know fasting earns you no brownie points with God. Fasting to earn merit, fasting to earn brownie points with God is as much of a sin as overeating and gluttony. So fasting has to be voluntary, it is not required. It's something you desire. It's a, it's, a, it's a love act, if you will. If you give your significant other flowers and somehow you do it out of requirement, like I'm doing this because I have to and maybe you'll get me, give me something that I want, that's not, that's not going to work. You do it because you truly desire to do it. It's out of love and fasting 
is the same way. To fast any other way than voluntarily, out of your heart, out of your desire to honor him is a diet, a waste of time, and can even possibly be uh, the extreme side of that would maybe even be sin. And we read that in Isaiah 58 last week. And so your fasting, your motives behind fasting are important. Why you fasted is important. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 that one of the primary reasons that we should fast is it says after the bridegroom, speaking of Jesus, is taken, then then the disciples will fast. Just speaking of Jesus was on the planet. He was present with the disciples. They walked and talked. They had questions. He was accessible. If, if they needed something, he was right there. And after he was taken, he was speaking of when there's distance. In other words, when I'm not close to them, when there's distance, they'll have to fast. Because fasting closes the distance between you and God. It brings a closeness between you and God. I, I got to be honest, I've never fasted and not ended up closer to God as a result. That has never happened for me. And so when you fast, if it's a desire to say, God, I'm fasting because I want to be closer to you, that is a beautiful motive behind fasting. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, everybody doing okay? Read a few verses and then we'll get into this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. I'm going to actually preach on that. Spirit-led fasting. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Kind of obvious little conclusion to that sentence. And now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the devil took him up on the holy, into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I'll give to you if you just fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So let's look at this. Jesus was led by the Spirit, the Bible says, into a season of fasting. If Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into a season of fasting for a particular purpose, you and I will probably have times if we're being led by the Spirit, if we're allowing, the Bible says in Romans 8 in verse 14, as many are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So if you are a child of God, and you're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into times and seasons of fasting, setting yourself apart, pushing the pause button on life is normal, stopping the busyness just enough to begin to pull close to God in maybe a way that's difficult to do all year long. But for a season, you can do it. And so... The best kind of fast is what I'm getting at is a spirit 
led fast. People say all the time, well, what should I fast? And we do our best to say, we're not going to tell you what to fast. You pray, you ask God, you ask the Holy Spirit, and whatever he speaks to you to fast, then fast that. The worst thing to do would be to try to fast something because someone told you, no, let the Holy Spirit lead you into your fast. So number one, number one, I'll go through a few things real quick. The Spirit-led fast is a purpose-led fast. Verse 1, it says Jesus was led into the desert not only to fast, but it says that he could overcome the temptation of the devil. He didn't go out there to pick a fight with the devil, but he knew that there was a way to position himself to prepare for the fight that the devil was already inevitably going to pick with him. I think you should just know as a Christian that it's not that you and I are looking to pick a fight with the devil, but at some point, guess what? If you're fasting, if you're drawing close to God, if you're really trying to honor God, if you're being serious about it, there's going to come a time when the enemy is going to slither into your situation and some way or another he's going to try to fight you, beat you down, pull you back, distract you, confuse you, tempt you. And so Jesus went by the Spirit and he was led there not just to fast, but to fast for a purpose. And the purpose was he knew the enemy would attack him. So the Holy Spirit will lead you on fast. There will be a purpose for that fast. And one of the reasons is because you and I will face the attacks of the enemy. You and I will face those things. Every single person in here right now could probably tell me, God bless you, all the confetti from previous events. Like manna from heaven just kind of comes down. Just <laughs> what kind of demons do you face? Demons from your past, demons of fear, worry, anxiety. We all have them. We all have temptations that we have to overcome. And so the Holy Spirit will lead you into a time of fasting for the purpose of preparing you to be strong enough so you can get victory over those things that the enemy already has planned to attack you with. In other words, it's kind of a preemptive, proactive way of living your life knowing I'm not going to wait until I get in the middle of the fight. I'm not going to wait until I'm losing, getting, getting beat up by hell. And then try to fast. No, I'm going to fast beforehand, just kind of already knowing that that fight's going to come. And then I'm ready in my spirit and I'm strong in my spirit when the battle comes. Y'all are so quiet on a Wednesday night. So it was a spirit-led fast. The second thing is this was a fast that was infused with the word of God. Jesus was not just led by the Spirit into the fast. He was full of the Word of God during the fast. So yes, let God choose the fast. Yes, let Him lead you into the fast. But don't just empty yourself out. Fill yourself up. 
and specifically fill yourself up with the precious word of God. Fill yourself up with the word of God. Spirit-led fasting is not necessarily fighting, it's resting. It's not battling, it's surrendering physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Wherever you're at in life, you're saying, Jesus, I invite you to come and accompany me. There's things in my life that I need to have defeated. There are things in my life that I need to overcome. There are things in my life that, that are working against the will of God in my life. And I know that, that fasting is one of the ways, and not just fasting, but getting full of the word of God is how I destroy the activity of the enemy of my life. No matter how Satan came at Jesus, he had been fasting and he had gotten full of the word of God and he had everything that he needed to defeat every tactic of the enemy. You and I are the same way. We're no different. If we get full of the word of God, then what happens is we are getting ahead of the enemy and when he comes, we are full of the word of God and we have everything we need to defeat and destroy the works of the devil. The best way to involve Jesus in your fast and in your life is to involve scripture. Involve scripture. Read the Bible. Pray the scripture. Meditate on the scripture. Listen to it. Allow it to get into you. I I don't know about you, but the thing I've learned, I don't care who you are, I have to study this stuff all the time and it leaks out. I I study it like hours. I mean, God... I mean, I don't want to say God forsaken amount of hours, but it's a lot of hours. I guess it's a God filled amount of hours, but y'all get what I'm saying. It's, it's a lot of hours. And it, even me, it just leaks out. I'm like, I forget, but you got to constantly listen to it. Find podcasts of preachers. Find, find you know, the, there's, pot, there's apps out there that do nothing but just read the scripture. Find apps where you just listen to the word of God. I, I, I'm not saying you can't do other things and listen to other things, but I am saying that it's important that you get the word of God in you, declare it and proclaim it when you want something, when you need something, when you're facing an attack, just quote the word of God. Fasting is not only abstaining, but it's also obtaining. So I'm not only saying no to one thing. The moment I say no to that, I'm saying yes to another thing. I'm saying no to the less important thing. And I'm saying yes to the most important thing. So I'm saying saying no to bread, right? That's what Jesus did. And he was saying, because why? I don't just live by bread alone. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He was saying no to the bread, but he was saying yes to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So fasting is not only abstaining, it's obtaining. It's not only abstaining that which is acceptable, it's obtaining that which is most beneficial in your life. There are things that are more important, the Bible even says, than necessary food. Jesus said, I desire your word more than necessary food. I think that, wasn't, that was Job, but nonetheless, you get it. It's in there somewhere. Number three, what does this place look like that the Spirit will lead you to? The Bible says for Jesus it was a solitary place. It wasn't a place full of people. 
It was a lonely place. You know, that's one of the places the enemy attacks us the most is in the lonely places of life. When we don't feel the support that maybe we wished we had or we don't feel like we have the backup we, we want or we're not getting the advice or the encouragement that we need. That's, that's kind of, to me, represents the kind of places that many times the Holy Spirit will lead you. He'll sort of disconnect you from, from any type of arm of the flesh that you usually lean into. You know, it'll just, it'll be like, man, I don't feel like I have anybody really. That's kind of how sometimes the Holy Spirit will, will lead you. He'll lead you into those places. And that's when the enemy attacks you the most. He'll attack you the most because you feel empty, you feel lonely, and and you feel like people are being removed from your life. Maybe you even feel like people don't truly care for you in your situation. And even more, the enemy comes in and he starts to whisper, not only do they not care, God doesn't care. Because if God really cared, you wouldn't be in this lonely place. You wouldn't be in this painful place. And if they really cared, they wouldn't just let you stay here in this place. Surely they, they would see this, recognize this, and not just let you stay there. And this is how the enemy comes in. God's not with you. God's not for you. There's no way that God's working things together for you. Why? Because you're in this lonely place. And the enemy comes in. He says, you need to fill up your life with another substitute. You need to fill up your life with some type of other, you know, to, to me, it's a, a, a counterfeit substance of some type. He's going to try to get you and you're lonely. People aren't there, not really sure what God's up to. And then he's there just whispering in your ear. You need to go ahead and just throw yourself down. You need to go ahead and just jump off this cliff. You need to just, you know, if God cares, he'll be there anyway. No, you have to fill yourself up on the word of God and be aware that the Holy Spirit will lead you to those places. I said this so many times in this church, but it's one of my favorite things to say. John Wesley said that the devil is God's devil, that he'll use him as your workout partner. So if the enemy wants to, or if God wants to make you stronger, he'll use the enemy and he'll use something to work against you to build up that spiritual muscle. All right, we're almost done. In the lonely place, you have to fill up on God, fill up on his presence. That's why we do everything we can to add prayer times or we try to add things like Wednesday night. We try to add as much as we can because it's a time you have to fill up on his presence and not allow the enemy to deceive you to fill up on other things. So when you fast, you empty yourself out And you're saying, God, fill me up with something greater. If you came tonight and you're in an empty place, a lonely place, you're not alone. If the enemy's been telling you, God doesn't care, they don't care, you're not going to make it. I want to just be another voice in your ear and say, the devil is a liar. Your flesh is deceived and Jesus is with you. His word is for you. The Holy Ghost is within you. His angels are sent to minister to you. And you can rest 
tonight that Satan's days are numbered. He doesn't have the final say and Jesus will unleash the final blow and you will be released into a place of victory. It's a season. You're in the wilderness. You're in the desert, but you're fasting. You're filling up with the word of God and it will pass. Think about this. Every time there's a desert in the Bible, it's just a precursor to God's blessing. They go into the desert. What's happening? He's just, he's just knocking some things and edges off of them. So they're fully prepared, humble, so they can be trusted for the blessing and the promised place he's sending us into. And so be full of the word of God. Get ready for the promised place of blessing. And fix your eyes on that promised place. I think one of the best gifts for the, the believer is being able to close your eyes and imagine the promise being realized in your life. And the promise is always a place where you're on the other side. You're on the other side of all the things that, you know, I mean, sometimes you just have to say, man, I'm, there's fear all around me. There's pain all around me there's worry all around me there's confusion all around me doubts all but there is another side to it and the promised place is where you say you know what there's a place that God's taking me where guess what that worry isn't going to make it that fear isn't going to make it over here that pain isn't going to make it over here that loneliness isn't going to make it over here why because the promised place is a place where his peace is His rest is, his joy is, his strength is, his love is. That next level of being assured that God is with you and for you, all that's on the other side. And sometimes you have to speak to your own heart and say, I'm not going to stay here. I'm passing through this wilderness. The Holy Spirit has led me here. I'm filled with the word of God. And eventually that's going to lead me out to the promised place that God has for me. In Jesus' name, we all said amen.